Hello, everybody. We are the RP Geeks, and welcome to the D&D Brief. Uh, this is episode eight um, of our science chat show, analyzing the science behind our Dungeons & Dragons adventures. Um, so we're going to go around and introduce ourselves now before we get into some excellent science. Um, I will start off. Hello there. My name is Sharmini. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I'm a science video journalist. Um, who loves D&D and TTRPGs. Um, Simon. Hello, uh, I'm Simon. I use he, him pronouns, and I am a professional nerd. I'm mostly making YouTube videos, but occasionally I stream uh, and other things like that. And um, I, my background, I, I, I feel like we never actually said this before. My background's in physics. Like, I think you've said that before. I, we must have done it at some point, but it's like, otherwise it's just like, oh yeah, we'll let him in. <laughs> like, well, let Mr. Streamer in. I am a psychomer with a background in science. That's why I'm here, basically. Uh, as is Emily Bates. That's true. I am. I am a psychomer with a background in science. I uh, originally did a degree in neuroscience and biomedical sciences, and then I went and started making TV instead and documentaries about all kinds of stuff. And now I work for a science magazine doing their videos, which is pretty fun. And. Uh, is that everything I have to say? Do I have to? No, I use she, her pronouns, and I also love D&D. Ali. I love D&D. I have pronouns <laughs> that are he, him, and I always get flustered when I am asked these questions. I also have a background in science, and I am also a communicator of science to various people. I think that's why, it. Why do you get flustered when you're so smooth at, at I know. describing it, though, Ali? <laughs> You are. I think are you, he's are you quite smooth. Oh, I was done? being sarcastic. So, sorry. Oh, I think anyway. Ali's quite smooth. Sorry. I think compared to the rest <laughs> of us, Ali's pretty smooth. He I says, like oh, "You like that really <laughs> kind of like disjointed, <laughs> Emily." I know what I'm saying. That's Going, there's a touch of slow, okay? creeping in. <laughs> he went to space. He went yeah, to space. To space. And then Bezos like was like, get me a bottle of champagne while William Shatner was being all emotional about how beautiful space was. Has everyone seen that clip? It's no. awful. Aww. Just uh, If you just type in Jeff Bezos, William Shatner, space, I'm sure it'll come up as like the first thing now. Basically, yeah, um, William Shatner's clearly like really emotional, just got out of the Blue Origin capsule. And he's like, like literally almost shaking with how like clearly in wonder he is. And Bezos just like cuts him off and is like, get me a bottle. I need a bottle. I want one. And then he's like, hands it to Shatner and Shatner's just there like no I'm fine like and then just whacks his lyrical about how beautiful the experience oh. was and uh, it's like the two sides and it's like I know which side I fall on he's, um, he's 90 is that right he's 90. oh my god 90 <sighs> he's 90 he's now he officially the space. oldest American ever to go into space I think he's the oldest person isn't he uh for some reason I saw American quoted but I don't know who would be older so maybe yeah, like why would I mean? It, surely, the only time you would send somebody older would be on a commercial space flight, and that's been so recent. How old oh, was Wally Funk? Yeah, was Wally. She's my favorite. Wally Funk. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant Wally the bur- the robot. No, Wally Funk. Robot. Wally Funk. <laughs> no, she's eighty-two. So, oh, wow. not yeah, she was Although the also dam. And now, oh, he, and they yeah. took it away from her with William Shatner. Yeah. I mean, we love William, William Shatner. Shatner. He was great in Miss Congeniality. When are they going to send so, Patrick Stewart up? No, when are we no. going to get the best captain? <laughs> Guys, we've gone back to films again. This happens every time. I'm bringing it back. This is not <laughs> a film show or a film podcast. Okay? Okay, this congeniality is a cracking Before film. I count okay, to nope, five. Nope. <laughs> Guys, come on now. 
Come on now, let's be sensible. I was going to suggest a very brief plot update before explaining mm. the topics we're going to talk about today and how they fit into said plot. So, Ali, as the games, gamesmith, would you like to uh, deliver onto us? Yes. I like that. Gamesmith. I just can't get the portmanteau word. Like, if you combine plot and update, you get plop date, right? <laughs> That's all I can think of now, okay, so I can't do this update. update. <laughs> give us the plot. No. no, what is it? The plop, 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 plop date. Plop, plop date. Plop like plop. Like, oh. Amazing. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah, the party have come into the mountains for reasons unknown, um, and they've been given a mission to find a load of smugglers, and they trace them to a mine. They went down into the mine. Various things happen, sort of undergroundy sort of things. And then they came up against, well, they found a, a sort of huge and strange wall. Boilers. Boilers. Like, I mean, we're going to be talking about what, it. What the, what, wait. <laughs> you can do spoilers, Ali. Like, yeah, but don't give away fine. anything with the plot. But recap the plot. <laughs> like to tell people in case they were wondering whether that's a spoiler or not. <laughs> this plot update plot is indeed. What else do you sorry, want? Sorry, this plot <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so they've, they've but. Having found that, they've had an altercation. It's basically like a climactic moment they've just had. Mm. And we've actually sort of cut on a cliffhanger. Um, oh, and we'll epic. be getting back to that in a couple of weeks. A wall That's hanger. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wall nice. Yeah. Nice. I started saying it and I was like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And I just carried on. So. So. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, yes, I am gonna talk about the science now. Stop laughing at me. I and also I'm going put I'm going first this week. It's me and Bates this week. Tell it like who have gone away, researched some science topics. Um, and mine is like, well, tangentially related. The problem is you you know you get a topic and then you sort of go off down a Wikipedia rabbit hole of fascinating facts. Um, but where mine started with was the um this amazing cave that we were in, uh, in in our last session that mm. Ali described to us mm. um, as basically being full of crystals. Can we? Can you just give us a little description again? So it's kind of Why did you not, and... in, like the literal 20 minutes that we've been saying, like, why did you not say, what about the description? Uh, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought of it. <laughs> I was well, like, okay. eh, crystals, but. Okay, I'll just try and riff it off the top of my head. But yeah. no, essentially <clears throat> it was, um, no, because yeah, because you got to, you saw this wall and it was covered in these sort of these crystals growing out of it, but behind the crystals was light, and the light was refracting and diffracting through the crystals um, into all different kinds of colours, and there was a glowing sort of movement to it. So it wasn't mm -hmm. sort of static; it was shimmering almost through all these crystals, and the crystals were growing out of the floor as well in these kind of crystalline I mean, we were kind trees. Of huge, right? Like we we're basically yeah. in a forest of crystals. Well, yeah. the whole cavern was huge. Like uh, the, the, yeah. the measurement I had was it was 150 meters from when we entered to the wall, which is enormous. Yeah, I think that was right. Yeah. But also the, no, the, the, no, the wall. No, 50 meters. I have 150. 150. 150 meters to the wall. Wow. And then it, but the wall, sh the the roof of the cavern shelves upwards as well, very steeply. So you can't, you couldn't see the top. So Bring I on looked, the wall. I looked up. Uh, biggest crystals in the world um and um I, I when i saw it I, i've seen photos of it before so um this this might be familiar but there's a cave mm. in mexico mm. um and uh with, with these particular sort of and it's all sort of like crisscrossy crystals um and the biggest one is 12 meters long with a four meter diameter 
Is it the wow. chandelier, cave of chandeliers, or something like that? It's got a name a bit like that. It's on planet Earth. I've it's definitely in planet seen Earth. it. Yes, mm. it's planet Earth where you see it. Really? Yeah, the chandelier ballroom. But also, like, I remember this because in the behind the scenes of that episode, which was always the most interesting bit of Planet Earth to me anyway, yeah, course, um, yeah. it was like a five-day expedition to to get down, like, and Oof. not see the sun and sleep underground, Oof, like, to get God. to this place to film. Like, that's crazy. That's kind of what we did as well, right? How many days have we been underground? It's been a few days. You don't really day. know anymore, do you? We've slept. Mm. We only slept, we slept, we only slept once. Uh, it's uh, Lechu Goya. You technically slept twice, but that's because you got knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> An enforced short rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's um, super interesting, I think, is that when they go down there and they sort of find these crystals, they find bacteria living on the crystals, right? Like eating the crystal rock itself. And so they, they sort of survive purely on the crystal. Yeah, they, they do like, some they crazy bacterial shit chemistry. and just munch away at the crystal. Bacteria, ah, shit. so cool. This the, is um, gonna be or rock, maybe not the crystal, maybe the rock. I don't know how that. The planet Earth cave wasn't in Mexico. It was in New Mexico, in the United States, I believe. Uh, yeah, Ooh. and that is, and it was the Chandelier Ballroom mm -hmm. uh, was the name of the um, like the, the the cave that they mostly filmed. Which, if people haven't seen, look it up on YouTube. It is astonishing. It's one of my favorite, like, for that moment, that episode, I must have watched that about a million times. Hmm. There I is mean, definitely a, a crystal cave in Mexico, though. It's, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but Naka? Naka's cave? Na I decided I not to try and learn the name okay, of it. Yeah, so that's... I was just like, mm, cave in Mexico, <laughs> the crystal. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he looked at the name and was like, I don't know what that says. Let me that. But but huge giant geological geological crystals, which which I mean I, I just think it's fascinating that that uh, this uh, D and D sort of fantasy in, invention is you know can, can be real and uh, geology and uh, chemistry can produce these amazing structures. Um, and uh, then I went off into a whole into a whole rabbit hole of crystals. Um, my favorite my favorite fun thing was a little science experiment that you can try at home, uh, growing crystals yourself. Um, so can anyone crystals guess... not crystal meth, everyone? Crystals not crystal <laughs> yeah. meth. Just to be clear, not Jesus Christ, Marie! <laughs> They're minerals. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, can anyone think of the common household uh like <laughs> nose that you can I know. miss pick me <laughs> is it is it salt it's salt salt's a crystal it's great um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, excited. It, was, it was all the different poses like you you get tied one hand and you're like ah oh. And they had to like switch. Oh, just trying to keep your hand up. I, I still, yeah. I, I didn't think you, Simon. I'm sorry. It's gone. Your chance is gone. I picked Emily. And they picked some of those. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> so, so. Like long repressed memory there for Ali. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> My world has ended. Oh. But then what often happens is that they give a different answer, and you're like, uh -huh, and then it's right, and you're like, oh. Sorry, Shamani, do you carry? I'm going to give you some crystal basics, okay? okay. Just listen to my crystal basics. My crystal basics are. But you find them in California. I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> carry on. Don't, don't get it. Okay, I'm going to carry on. You keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just like regularly ordered atoms and things, just all lined up in an order. 
Yes, yes, Ali. Okay, wait, just quickly, Ali's podcast listeners, we're doing a lot of um, <laughs> uh, hand up mime for those who can't see what's going As on. if we're in primary school, like really yeah, enthusiastic, yeah. we're really going for it. Yes, Ali. Yeah, yes, when you try to lift the whole side of your body up, you're like, this side must be high. Miss, in my miss, ah, miss. you know anything about crystals, <laughs> Ali? Being really quiet, miss, you're not miss, allowed, pick me. You're not being quiet, you're, you're saying pick shout, me. But yes, you're, like, you're not allowed to say, miss. No, no, Ali, shush, I already picked you. Ali, I picked oh, you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, it, um, I'm, uh, I want to know the 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 regular structure. Is that like a really low energy state? Is that how it gets there, or is that got nothing to do with that? I why are some why are why are some solids crystalline and why are some solids amorphous? Mm. I don't, I, I, don't I know. believe it is low energy. Oh. <laughs> But it, it depends on the, so it depends on several things. So it depends obviously on the actual stuff that it is and it depends on how it's formed. So I'm going to like talking about that, how crystals form because crystals, like you said, like crystals grow, um, crystals form in a, in a certain way. Oh, Emma, yes. Emma, question. Question. Yeah. Is ice a crystal? Oh yes. Well, so um, ice is a, is a crystalline solid. So a snowflake is a single crystal. Mm-hmm. usually i think which which grows and is, is a crystal um whereas <laughs> ice would be a polycrystalline solid so you know uh, we we have mentioned before about ice cream crystals haven't we um if you're making okay maybe that was just me i was thinking about i think about ice cream a lot if you are making <laughs> ice cream you get the creamiest texture when you have the smallest crystals so what you want is lots and lots of little crystals to form at once they can't get super big because they bump into the one next door and then that gives it its really creamy texture. Um, whereas if you wanted to grow a, a nice big salt crystal in your house, say, um, you would want a single crystal to grow as big as possible. Is that why when you put ice cream back in the fridge after you've taken it out and it's got it all melting, you're like, ah, 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 and then when you put it back in, because you're freezing it quite slowly compared to how fast it was frozen in the factory, you get bigger crystals and when you take it out again you're like oh it's not as good sometimes it's properly crunchy as well the problem you're having there is you're not finishing the tub when you take it out the first time <laughs> rookie move. and it, that all, all your errors will it will all go away all the problems just put the ice cream back away quickly and don't let it melt because that's uh health but what do you do with ben and jerry's when it's just great to eat it from the tub but you don't want to eat the whole tub you've get got you just Ali. eat the whole tub, even though Get you don't it. want no, to. You, exactly, Ali. Very that's the correct answer. Because <laughs> it's the same in geology. Like if you look at rocks, the larger the the, the larger the crystal size, the longer the, so, the the crystals took to form. Like it's exactly it's, the size of the crystal is proportional uh, to how long it takes to form. Wait, wait, wait. Sense. But presumably, different sort of molecules take different lengths of time to form crystals, right? Like some mole- some. And slightly different conditions, temperature and stuff. So crystals often form out of water. They might precipitate out of the water. The water might evaporate away. So what you do uh, to to, uh, grow crystals at home, to grow salt crystals, say, um, is you get some hot water and you dissolve as much salt in it as possible. And you basically just keep adding salt until it is um, not just saturated, but in fact, super saturated because you're dissolving it when it's hot and then you're letting the water cool down. So that that water um, now has even more crystals in, uh, sorry, even more salt in um, than we'd usually be able to dissolve. 
and then you give it a um, like a seed, like a point to grow off. So um, ideally, you want to make sure that there's no leftover, like pour pour out, pour it out, so there's no leftover salt grains in it. Otherwise, it probably form around that. Um, and one thing you can do is put a um, like piece of string on a pencil and dangle the string into the liquid, and crystals will start forming around that string. And you can put like food coloring in and make them make them pretty colors as well. Oh I might God. do this before yeah. our next yeah. uh, our next episode, so we can see. Should we all do a crystal and see who social. makes the best crystal? It takes. Oh. It does take quite a long time, depending on the kind of salt you use. Like it can. Like some of these can take weeks. What's the best kind of salt to use? Um, I can't remember, but there's 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 the um, really posh stuff. Thingy, Himalayan. That pink Himalayan. I can't, I can't remember. But, but like, it, not it just regular old, whether... like, table salt. You can, you can use table salt. It depends what effects. Like, some of them are faster, slower. Some of them are more likely to give bigger crystals. Things like that. And do you I... get, you get, sorry. I was going to say, I don't understand from a molecular perspective, because as we've already said, crystals are just regular atoms. Mm. Like, it's just a lattice. Because we actually, stu- in, our, in my physics degree, we studied the various ways. Because you can pack, it's all to do with, like, the efficiency of packing stuff. So you can have, like, um, atoms or, or molecules just on the vertices of like a cube that then you know repeats or you can have base centered ones where you have like a an atom in them or a molecule in the center as well or you can have face centered ones where you have them between the center of like each face of the cube so you actually pack way way more in i don't understand why you need a nucleation point in order to initiate that like and why it doesn't just spontaneously happen if it is a low energy state it can spontaneously happen. Have you ever seen the experiment where um, this is another supersaturated cool it down one, um, but it's not salt. It's the one that goes instantly. That if you get this supersaturated situation, uh, solution, cool it, cool it down. It will, would go by itself. But what you can also do is just like tap it. It's water, isn't disrupting it? it? In like a freezer, I... if it's perfectly still what... and there are no um, in, uh, what impurities in it. And you just like really gently take it out of the freezer and these That wasn't the one. There's a, there's a particular chemical reaction that's a lot easier to do that with than water. But yes, oh. you can do it with with other things as well. We used to have that Ooh. in my in my old lab. You basically have very high sucrose solution, so like just <laughs> lots of really high concentrations of sucrose and a load of other stuff in it. And you could cool it down to like minus I don't know seven or six, seven or eight something, and it would just still be liquid. It looked like water, and you'd pour it in. And then as soon as you started doing stuff in it, the crystals would start forming around your hands. Like it was sort of like, but I was going to ask, like my my thought that the way crystals would work is like you have a molecule and when another molecule sort of sits next to it, there's a particular configuration, which is really like stable. And then when it hits that configuration, it's like, boom, I'm going to stay here. And then another another molecule sort of adds itself on top, and when it gets to that configuration, it stays. Boom, 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 and that's how they build out the crystal. Is that right, or is that just nonsense? Charmini's for the I podcast viewers is just shaking. Uh-huh. Head. I don't know. <laughs> I, like that sounds intuitive. How how what what's actually going on at the molecular level? I don't know. Like the the extent of my knowledge about it was mostly interrogating crystals with X rays. Because you, yes. you you put radiation through, and depending on the yes. angles that it scatters through, tells you the structure. Which That's mostly what the course is was about. Amazing, and also you know brings me on to my favorite topic, uh, biology. Oh yeah, <laughs> as if you've turned crystals into biology. Oh me? yeah, I'm so impressed. Has everyone <laughs> heard of photograph fifty one? Yes. Was, no. That's that was um, DNA one. the um, name. Yeah. 
That's um no, but, oh my god, Rosalind Franklin. Rosalind That's Franklin. her yeah. DNA uh, X-ray. It's the shit. famous one. It's the famous. Um, so Rosalind Franklin was an X-ray crystallographer, um, and one of the things that she was shooting X-rays at was crystals of uh, DNA. Um, and photograph fifty-one was the was the key one that I think. And the boys What's stole. Cr- I think they. I think they Watson discovered DNA structure. <laughs> Get in the bin, Simon. Um, also, there's a very good play called Photograph Fifty One um, that I saw Nicole yes. Kidman do oh in London. God, all about so it. It's very good. Oh. Um, it's it's really sad. She died. It's really sad. Really young. It's it's. She it's died, really and they stole her work. It's devastating. Really yeah. They were such douchebags. Um, but the thing but is, no, I, don't, I don't know how what what about the photo 51 was so sp- nailed the fact that it was a double helix because i think that was the key complicating factor wasn't it it was the geometry yeah so so i mean x-ray x-ray crystallography um interpreting the data from x-ray crystallography is like massively difficult and it, it, you can't look if you look at the diffraction pattern so you, you you basically kind of mentioned this already simon didn't you that you you shoot x-rays at something um and um diffraction is you know, like the classic thing of uh, in, in my textbook, there was definitely a photo of a harbor, and there were some waves coming yeah. out of through the the harbor wall. And if the gap in the harbor wall is some has some relationship to the wavelength, then they sort of diffract and spread outwards. But it, but it's more like a, a diffraction grating. It's like lots of slits next to each other, but then they're yeah. also repeat like lots of those stacked on top of one another. Oh, that's Which is that why crazy it has shit to be like photons crystal. do, isn't it? Yeah, photon shit stuff oh, no. like that. But also, if I remember rightly, this was two Nobel Prizes in a row. Was it the Braggs? It was like... Braggs was was an X-ray crystallographer. But I think he won the Nobel Prize and then his son won a Nobel Prize at the the age of like 23. I think it might be the youngest laureate in physics, maybe? For doing what? For doing X-ray crystallography. Like They both worked in the same field. Just for being boss at it. (laughs) Yeah. But it was basically... you. Sorry, you know, it was back. nascent. Like the field was still quite new, mm, I think, mm. when they were doing their work. A lot of so. women working in X-ray crystallography, apparently. Yeah. Um, I, there was a brief note on, on Wikipedia that suggested that this was because that they were like less accepted in other areas of science. Um, what about I, crystallography not, was so. Yeah, welcome. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't well, look into it any further. I just was well, like, historically, oh, so at that time, that's the kind of time when a lot of women were used uh, in, in science. Women frequently worked as computers, so they were they were the people that did the really monotonous maths tasks and i wonder if it's because there's a lot of measuring the distance between peaks and the interpreting of the patterns so you have these these diffraction grating effects you have these like blobs and things um and and basically you have to try and work out this is all done with computers now um how the exact ways that the x-rays have bent and caused a blob here relates Mm. to what they've gone through um and I I, tr- I tried to look up like, you know, how does the periodicity of these dots relate? You know, show that DNA has a you know the distance between the periodicity of periodicity of the curve of the twist basically. Mm. Um, and I was like, no, no, it's just mind meltingly complex. And what they could and yeah. what they do for for such ridiculously complex structures, huge molecules, proteins. You think how how complex you know a protein. Um, in our body is. Is, that, is this Alex Lathbridge? Is he into the chat? Does <laughs> Alex love proteins? <laughs> Literally, he talks to Alex about. He loves proteins. You talk to Alex about anything, and he'd be like, "Well, see, the thing is, the protein does proteins this. Proteins are great. 
um and and pro yeah but figuring out the structure of proteins <laughs> x-ray crystallography but the other the other thing i find weird about that is obviously you have to take a protein and make it be a crystal like you have to yeah try and crystallize it. yeah well, so what, yeah, that's cool like any old muffin can like point an x-ray at a pre-crystallized thing yeah and then but it's really difficult to make the crystal in the first place and then work out what the, the you've, you've seen afterwards yeah yeah any old muffin that's a great phrase <laughs> i love that Sorry, that's that's also that's used in conjunction with technical. Any old muffin could build a particle accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went Alfred then, Master Wayne. Uh, that, <laughs> any old muffin meme. could put on the any seat. old. Yeah. <laughs> any old muffin could do brain surgery, and that's the meme now. Everyone, congrats. Why do we fall off the table, Master Muffin? <laughs> We've gone back to films again in for various different times. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. We're talking about films. Are you sneaking film conversation in? I wasn't paying attention. We were, Shomini. I'm sorry. Don't round us, Evelyn. Don't get references. So I'm like, this is probably this is probably some science that Simon's talking about. <laughs> Master Wayne is, is probably oh, that, yes, that Master Wayne is. science. Bat science. You love bats, Shomini. You know you love the science of bats. So it's true. Bat fan. Okay, carry on about crystals, saying. please. Oh, crystals. How do they heal you when you like rub them on you? Great well, question. I haven't done my own research into the healing powers of crystals. Sure, sure. Um, but I would suggest that while while you might find an effect, it might also be sensible to to wait for some peer-reviewed evidence supporting mm -hmm. the healing power of crystals for spending your money. Mm -hmm. Also, totally unrelated side note, should we talk about the placebo effect one day? <laughs> we Just, should, you know, on a different great. one. I do Maybe? Yeah. Maybe what we should do is take Sorry, crystals. crystals. Take a tiny bit of crystal and dilute it in like a million parts of water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can we yeah, do a random episode where we just talk about homeopathy fair, and crystals? It's probably how you actually do a crystallography on a protein. You probably turn the crystal into the protein into a crystal, dilute it massively. But I mean, I just on a, can I have a homeopathy rant just for a second? I know because no, okay. we're right. really we'll over time. We'll, oh, well, we're going to do I'm a sorry. proper placebo effect one day because we are we're running late. I think, but you're, no, you're good. You're good. But I think the whole timing of tonight quick yes. quick quick, quick, quick note before we move on from crystals because obviously one of the things about the cave no, we haven't moved on from the the like it's being illuminated by the wall so did you have a chance to look at any you know like luminescent crystals or is that something you come across wait no. the crystal itself isn't luminescent right it's the light shining from the wall through the crystal oh okay and we don't know what the We're source of light is yet talk a bit about luminescence when we get onto guiding bolts Ooh. so we can we can Cold cross this a everybody Keen beans. Okay. All right. Scrap. Uh, Sharmini, what else you got? I've got. Want your best more, crystal two facts. Two more fun facts. One of my fun facts is that um, impurities in crystals can change the way they look. So rubies and sapphires are basically the same thing. Um, rubies have a bunch of uh, chromium uh, in there, extra like, chromium um... atoms making it red. Himalayan rock salt looks different from normal salt because it's basically just an impurity in the salt structure. Like it's still it's sodium extra, chloride. Extra things it's just an extra there. thing in there. What? But rubies and sapphires are made of the... What is the material they're made of? What's oh the God, element? I can't remember. Or... Someone look it up. I'm okay, I'm on it. it. I, I need didn't to write know it down. this. Yeah. That's so interesting because like... Find out. 
So um, are emeralds the same? Do we know? Or is it just... Well, it's, it's one of these structures that's not, like... Um, I'm just going the... through Pokemon games until we work out which are the same. <laughs> Corundum, that's apparently. what you're doing. Yeah. You're making... yeah. You seem really talking right? about video games. But that's Very something that's been that discovered. Um, there, are tra- there are exoplanet atmospheres that have been discovered with massive traces of, of corundum in. So there, are, um, Hannah Wakeford is a friend of mine at Bristol Uni who's a lecturer, actually researched planets that effectively, they think rain like Still rubies planets. and sapphires. I forgot, I could have researched that. I didn't, I've definitely heard There are so diamond that's... planets. Diamond planets? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So well, you, is it so... a planet or is it a diamond star? Because there's not much carbon that's been like massively compressed. No, I'm pretty sure there's a diamond planet. Is that in but... sci-fi though, or in the real world? <laughs> I'm Googling it. You can't do any more, mate. It doesn't matter. I think it's real. It matters if you real. think it's real. Shamani, give us no. the other facts. No, that's One not how science works, Ali. Final fun, um, random thing. It's real. Related to crystals is, it's real, diamond planets. Diamond planets are real, you heard it here first. Crystal healing. We don't like to say, I'm trying to be nice. My other one is... I won't fuck you if you think you believe in crystal healing. <laughs> Go to a doctor. And welcome to uh, the D&D free. Okay. We deal you. with data here. It's science. Hey, hey. No, no, no. The placebo effect is a real thing that does work. However, You know what else works? Fucking medicine. Yep. Like, you know, chemotherapy. We're going back to the rants. We're going back to the rants. Okay, right. Sorry. Charmony. Thoughts. Uh, if you squeeze quartz, you squeeze it, it produces a tiny electrical current. Yeah, so electricity. If you give it a tiny electrical current, it uh, vibrates at a very specific frequency that you can time watches off. Wow. Oh, oh I knew that. I knew that. Because that's how they mm-hmm. do watches. That's how but... watches work. Yeah. So is that actually how watches keep time? The ones with quartz in? Yeah. They vibrate. How? It vibrates at... Uh, 3,200, oh wait, no, 32, 32, <laughs> 32 Number with a three and a two and some zeros. Ah, Time, now, vibrations per second. Now, if I remember rightly, that's a power that's of two, which is why, like, if you use flip-flops, you can, like, the electrical components, you can basically turn that into a on-off signal. Like, Steve Mould, who's great your science YouTuber, has done a video on this. Like, I think it's specifically <laughs> these quartz because it's common and because it vibrates at a... What are you talking about? The frequency is a power of two. I we started talking right. about flip flops, just... and I thought it was a joke, and I'm no, idea. you yeah. must be completely. Wait, how do flip flops do an on off switch? What? It's What's uh, a it basically it like halves the frequency of an input signal, if I remember rightly. So like you effectively just stack enough of them together, and you go from whatever the thirty two thousand whatever it is hertz into mm-hmm. like a one hertz signal that you can then use because one hertz is a second hand on a clock, if I remember oh. rightly. But nice. But why did you say flip flops? Because that's the term. That's the, the, that's name the term of some for the component. component. Oh my god! I thought you were talking about an experiment where they use flip flops, and I was so confused. Okay. It's just little teeny tiny flip flops against that piece of quartz. Physicist, biologist. Flip flops. Footwear specialist. I mean, biologist. Foot, exactly. Sorry, yeah. Like shoes. Physicist, podiatrist. World of difference. <laughs> yes, I am a podiatrist. In conclusion, crystals are cool. Crystals are everywhere. Crystals are in far more places than I thought they would be. You can grow them. They grow in rocks. They're shiny and pretty. We love it. We love crystals. That industry, that whole industry, big crystal. We're under the thumb, the, the, the quartz thumb of big crystal. It's so painful under here. 
And oh, if, if they apply, if, if Big Crystal applies pressure, we feel an electric current. <laughs> it's the other thing we've learned. It's torture. Wow. Torture. Okay, so. Thank um, you, torture. Emily, amazing. what's your... Uh... Well, I mean, torture oh. is kind of relevant because it is, you know, my character did kill someone with a guiding bolt uh, in the last episode. So Infinity... Remind me what happened. Uh, so we oh, were there. fighting by the big wall and the that Darax guy came oh, back from the dead, which by the way, we didn't, again. no, not from the dead. No, not from the dead. We didn't kill him the first time. Okay. Um, that's, we didn't kill him the first time. Otherwise I was about to be like, wait, why didn't we do this for the D&D brief? But he didn't, he didn't die. Um, he got better. We turned Garrett into a mute. <laughs> happening um and uh and my character uh used guiding bolt spell on him and ali beautifully described it you know a beam of light uh just sort of bore through him and he fell to the ground and it was lovely now what did happen though um is as we did it he 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 went down and if he hadn't have gone down you'd have seen the other effect of guiding bolt so i'm going to read the you the spell description for guiding bolt a flash of light streaks towards a creature of your choice within range. On a hit, the target takes radiant damage and the next attack roll made against this target before the end of your turn has advantage thanks to the mystical dim light glittering on the target until then. So what Guiding Bolt does is not only does it do damage, it also lights up the character so that other people can hit it That's great. easier. Huh. Hence so I needed bolt. something, exactly. So I needed something that could do damage and also kind of like light up a Christmas tree, kind of like, or make him all sparkly. Um, we didn't need it because we killed him. But now, okay, bear with me because I had two ideas. So we're going to verge from biology to physics quite wildly. So my first option was flesh-eating bacteria that are also bioluminescent. Now, I couldn't find any examples. Um, however, um, it just sounds cool, right? Yeah. So there is, there are fl okay. flesh-eating bacteria. It doesn't sound awful. Awful. It sounds awful, but yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, awful. Now, hold up. This idea sounds great. Couldn't find any examples, but I would have thought... No, it's two things I mean, the bacteria are known to be able things. to do. Yeah, sure. You, exactly. We can genetically modify the, the bacteria. This is a world with a lot of... They'd um, also yeah, have to multiply insanely exactly. quickly, though. Well, that, yeah. But where so are we've they already, from? What are they doing? So we've already established that Infinity oh, yeah. has stem cells within <gasps> her and has the ability to rapidly Speed produce up. stem cells. Otherwise, none of my spells with plants are ever going to work. Oh, we right. haven't explained okay. how yet. You can't yes, produce bacteria from a stem cell. <gasps> no, but... You're totally uh, right. I, I presume. I presume what you mean is that you can also induce fast replication of stem yes, cells, which and also however, apply to bacteria. I, that's what I thought. Yes, you meant. correct. But I totally didn't even think of that. You're in. You're completely I assumed correct. Assumed you'd yeah. thought of that. I, I just grabbed I the just, petri dish, oh, and God. then then somebody <laughs> caught it and handed it like, back to Bates. No, no, Bates is and, and, and she like, was like, "No, this should have exactly. smashed. Actually, it was smashed." <laughs> I don't want it. Um, so noble, and, Bates. Fall on your sword. But that basically, I don't want that one because that wasn't my first idea for how I wanted Guiding Bolt to work. I wanted Guiding Bolt yeah. to, for something, when I heard, oh, it can light someone up and also do damage, I immediately was like, radiation, let's go. Like that green glowing, ooh. like, ooh, radiation damage. Right. Exactly, Mr. Stuff. Burns and Homer Simpson with his green glowing little stick of plutonium in the intro. How fantastic. This is going to be really easy. Right. And then I started mm. reading about radiation and what colours radiation is. Oh. And radioactive things don't just glow green. 
They don't. It's a lie. Do at all? The yeah. big radiation has taught you. Um, big radiation. Is there no, you know, visible so, component? Yeah, so there is, there is some form of glowing. So pure radium um, emits alpha particles, which is their sort of radiation that they throw out. And that excites nitrogen in the air around it and it causes it to glow. But the colour isn't green. It's like a pale blue kind of colour. Mm. And it's what um, Marie Curie described when she was working with it. Um, Wait, so she was, in she reality... Was like hanging out close enough with a bunch of pure radium well, she, to just be like oh, oh yeah she, she died of radiation poisoning that's that's she was that's how she went down yeah yeah very um so Nobel prizes yeah well she's also a bit problematic so let's um let's cut the oh, is she? Oh, is she? big into um epigenetics very big into it oh. um Epigen- do you mean eugenics eugenics the That's the word I'm thinking of. Epigenetics. Um, I don't know if it's That's through amazing. the epigenetics. She's into eug- really into eugenics. Really, Ooh. really into it. Um, Ooh, anyway, so, anyway um, <laughs> moving away from her. I'm just thinking quite quickly. Be a great YouTube influencer. That's the sort of person who you'd be like, oh my god, this person. I'm really into it. And then suddenly then you're like, oh my god, most like, of these oh, videos are about cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cancelled by Mary. All right. Um, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I was like, well, where did this green like thing that we think of as radioactive things? come from and basically it comes from they started paint they found so they got radium and they were like oh cool this is radium this works and they found that if it interacts with phosphor then it does go green but it has to interact with so it's phosphor phospholuminescence i think that's the right, right. way of saying it okay. so if you and, coat your radium with phosphor it'll grow <laughs> glow green yeah so it's just the way that it um hang on i've got it written here somewhere uh, so the alpha particles force the electrons in phosphor to jump to a higher level and when they fall back down to where they're meant to be, they emit the green. Uh, did that, it's a classic electronic kind of band gap. Yeah. Did that happen at some yeah, point? And that's why everyone has like green in their heads or like that. What were like? Was so there... they started using it. They started mixing it. Um, I don't know who was necessarily was the first, but the big company that comes up, if you look into it, is a company called US Radium. And they created something called Undark because uh, it glowed in the dark and they basically created glow in the dark paint by mixing radium in with phosphor. And um, they started using it. So there were soldiers and they, if they wanted to check their watch at night, they couldn't see the hands of their watch. And if they were on the battlefield, they couldn't like light a torch because it would give away your position. So they created this paint that they could paint on the on their watches and like it was on um, jet planes. It's like the dials and stuff that would glow in the dark. So everyone could, they could see and they wouldn't get shot down. Very nice. Oh, so it was what for kind of, military what, uses. What era was uh, this? Yeah, as everything. World War Two. Uh, this is World War Two. Uh, well, no, it's before then because it was in the 1920s that they were doing it. So I, I assume like it was they... around between World War One, World War Two. But it was Americans not... that were doing it, and if it was American soldiers, they, I don't know what conflicts they were, they were involved in between. World oh, hang on, I've literally got it. I've got it here. Uh, during the First World War, to produce oh. Undark, because high tech paint, like which allowed America's instrument to read their wristwatches. But oh, so a... in the twenties, it becomes like much more widespread. Commercially available. And um, this, so uh, we're going to go into another lovely, sad story. Everyone, are we all ready for it? Now you might have heard of it, but about the Radium Girls. Apparently, there was a movie on it in twenty twenty, which 
I didn't oh. hear about. But anyway, um, it looks quite good. I've watched the trailer. Um, and so US Radium employed like hundreds of women in their factories to do the delicate painting of the numbers on the watches. I assume they didn't wear the watches why they did it. I don't know why I'm holding it up. Like they just put the watch on and then painted their hand. Like, that's the end of my shift. <laughs> yeah, got to paint the number on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's just like, oh, wow, I've <laughs> Um, and so basically it's because they were like, well, we'll get the women to do it because it needs their dainty little hands. I'm doing it again. Oh, the delicate dainty little hands to, to do the delicate painting. Um, and they, but they paid pretty well for women's work in those days. And so they didn't have any problems getting people in. Um, and what they said to these women. Now, when radium first was discovered, they were like, oh, look, it, we can use it on cancer. And um, what was the, there was another use that was good. <laughs> and I can't think what it was, but basically there was like these things and they were like, oh, maybe radiums are, oh, x-rays. So they were like, it helps with x-rays and maybe not radium. I don't know if radium's using x-rays. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Not sure. Don't think um, so yeah. because you don't want alpha radiation. That'll just burn it, your skin. You yeah, want that, gamma. Well, no, alpha's better. Well, no, alpha for x-rays, particles. you want x-rays. You don't want... You don't right, want... exactly. Yeah, they're different things. So, but alpha, alpha okay, can't go through your skin. Beta yeah. can go through your skin and gamma can just like... Mission. Gamma doesn't care. Um, Gamma's Gamma's like, I'm, to be. I, I got you. <laughs> um, um, but they start. Uh, where was I? Yeah. So they. Um, but every, they've started making like radiation. So, not radi radium soda. Radium toothpaste. And like Ooh. it was all being marketed everywhere. It's like radium. Like it, it's great. Like it kills bad stuff. So go for it. Not going along with. They didn't realize. Well, they say they didn't realize that it also kills a lot of good stuff too. Um, but these women who were doing the painting, um, they had these very fine brushes. And Simon, you do your miniature painting stream. Um, when the brush is getting a bit splayed, you just sort of stick it in your mouth and you just tighten it up with your lips, right? I assume that's what you do. Yeah, paint liquor. Yeah, yeah, paint liquor. Um, so they were putting these brushes that were covered in this radiated paint uh, into their mouths. And also these girls knew that if they painted their fingernails with it, they would glow in the dark when they got home. That's There's fine. like reports of them painting their teeth to like scare their boyfriends and things when they got home and like using fun. it as blush and being like, look how pretty and glowing we are. And they thought they were doing everything okay because they've been told and their, their bosses were telling them, it's fine, just, you know, go for it, radium's fine. However, what makes us think that maybe the bosses knew they were lying was whenever the bosses actually like handled the radium or anything, they wouldn't touch it unless they were wearing gloves. They always used tongs um, and they would and they would have like lead screens up. So clearly they were slightly aware that something uh, wasn't great. Now, one of the things about radium is it interacts very similarly to how calcium does in the body. So it gets into bones and oh. into all kinds of lovely tissues. Like, and so these girls eventually started getting uh, tooth pain and their teeth started falling out and they basically just got very sick uh, pretty quick, quickly. And um, they started saying, look, we're all having these symptoms. And they start, they tried to sue US Radium for it. Um, and US Radium just were awful. So let me see if I can find it. They got, so uh, there was a woman called Grace and she got sent, they, get, they sent her a specialist to examine her, her condition. And it turned out that the guy they sent to examine her condition wasn't a doctor had no background in like toxicology or anything. He, no, sorry, he wasn't, he was a toxicologist, but he was paid by US Radium. And he said she was perfectly fine and there was nothing wrong with her. And these women started dying. The company blamed it that they all had syphilis. 
um and they just kept like doing more and more to like sweep it under the rug and um this is all in like the 20s they hired a guy from harvard um to study the conditions of the factory and he put out this scathing report that i had a look through it's called subtle drinker and he was saying like everyone's contaminated like they've all got these weird blood conditions like this is really bad here's what you need to do put in all these like measures in place and um the company put out the report and they doctored it all to say that everything was fine in the factory and no changes needed to be made and Cecil drinker it seems I've, I've only sort of read um like articles on this so takes all with a pinch of salt um it was a colleague of his uh, called alice hamilton who found this report and went did you say all of this and Cecil drinker went what no that's not not what i said at all and um so he tried to threaten legal action but no sorry he made the information public he published his actual report and then Uri us radium uh sued him because he published it, it was, um i don't find something i have no information on oh. whether he actually they actually successfully did that but um and there's a, there's a quote from his report that I quite is quite interesting. Dust samples collected in the workroom from various locations and from chairs not used by the workers were all luminous in the dark room. Their hair, faces, hands, arms, necks, the dresses, the underclothes, even the corsets of the dial painters were luminous. One of the girls showed luminous spots on her legs and thighs. The back of another was luminous almost to the waist. So these girls were just like glowing in the dark because of all this exposure um and and dying from it and it, there's there's pictures and they're pretty horrible I, I don't recommend looking them up but if you are interested um do, do look um eventually they started like suing the company when these women were absolutely dying um and then us radium just gets even worse to be honest um they how does like, it get worse from here oh <laughs> just wait um so they kept like slowing down proceedings as people in the wrong I want to do and to the, but these girls were dying like they were bed and it got to the point where uh here we go at their first appearance in court in January 1928 two of them were bedridden and none could raise their arms to take the oath of these there were five girls that were suing them and um she, they were in like back braces and things and that, that which is good because it gave them publicity because everyone was like what's going on but they were too uh ill to attend the following hearing so US radio were like well you can't do the trial then. And then like the judge adjourned the case again because several US radium witnesses were summering in Europe and would be unavailable. Um, and they just kept it and delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And eventually like the New York World newspaper got involved and like wrote like scathing articles about the judge's decision to delay it. And um, there was a lot of national outrage and eventually uh, they got an out of court settlement for less than they originally went for, but still a lot of money for those days. So it was ten thousand US dollars, um, which works out to about one hundred and fifty thousand. That's just um, the people who actually sued. What about the rest of them? Correct, but um, it. Hang on, let's have a look. And also, bearing in mind these women are dying, like there's nothing they can. Yeah, it's a bit late, isn't it? They can, and um, they. But they also had all. They had all of their me medical and legal expenses paid, and would oh, receive six hundred dollars wow. per year for as long as they lived however um very few of those payments were connected because they they all died um so the last of the famous ones the radium girls died in the 1930s and many other factory workers died um of radium poisoning without getting any kind of justice um so that's all really sad um 
and there's like one one like silver lining to the story and that um in 1949 u.s congress passed a bill making all occupational diseases compensatable compensable um and extended the time during which workers could discover illnesses and make a claim because that's another thing Mm. when they finally like were getting recognition they were saying Mm. well you're past the statute of limitations to claim Mm. this so Mm. um you can't and and that's going to be relevant to things like asbestos I'm guessing as well like that is actually yeah. something that has had an impact subsequently exactly that is and it's an amazing law um this is us specific but it's an amazing law that um has like brought it all all, all a bit better so, infinity, so you're proposing that infinity does this <laughs> very quickly um so yeah but no so i'm not really because actually it's a long-term horrible story. I just thought it was an interesting story and a really cool story that I think people people should know about. But um, mm. yeah, Infinity, and it kind of also explains the green the green glow kind of myth all comes from that glow-in-the-dark paint that they were using. Um, now, I did find one thing in one paper that I can't find any other references to, so we'll, we'll take it with a pinch of salt, but it was there. In some very uncommon cases, radioactive materials can give off charged particles traveling at very high velocities. These particles can interact with the immediate environment to create a glow. Because they, if that environment includes like oxygen, nitrogen, water molecules in the air, you know, the air, mm. and that the, so the atoms immediately around them will glow. It didn't give me a color, but- well, it would be the same as um, being ionized in the aurora. So it would be greens and blues. <sighs> And Ooh, those like kinds of colors. Oh my god, so, you're, so you direct this beam of <gasps> so like alpha radiation aurora. somewhere, which is really bad for them, but then In- they end up with a sort of aurora around them. Yeah, let's go wow. with that, because that just sounds cool. It's just to do with the, uh, the energy gap between, you know, in, in molecules of nitrogen or molecules of oxygen, like mm-hmm. the, the, the size of the band gap tells you the wavelength of light that will be emitted. And that's going to be the same whether it's in the mesosphere or if it's down yeah. at the surface. I'm glad you're here, Simon, because that was the bit I read a lot about. And I was like, I vaguely understand this, but I shan't try and explain it. See, I, but, I uh... thought you were going to go along with um, the Cherenkov radiation line, which is the uh, what you get from nuclear reactors. about it, didn't you, Bates? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah I did. But, but I, that's only in, uh, it's only in a dielectric medium, so it doesn't happen in, in air. Wait, what what is the, it? What, that, that was a joke. Like, who, what the hell is the Cherenkov? What? Oh, so if you, <laughs> if you see pictures of a nuclear reactor, and it's specifically it's like the rods in water, um, mm-hmm. there's a blue glow that comes off of them. And it's basically mm-hmm. because water is a polar substance, which means that it can be kind of um, yeah. ion, uh, ionized is the word. But basically, you know, you can get charges separating in it, basically. And um, if radiation goes through it, faster than the phase velocity of the fluid, which is like how fast in that charged medium something would move like an electromagnetic wave. It's effectively like a sonic boom in air, but instead of because it's electromagnetic radiation rather than a physical transverse wave, you would get a blue glow that appears. Um, so, so but it only happens in something like a polar substance like water. Oh, cool. So if you fire radiation fast enough through a polar substance, it'll glow. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. It's 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 um it's charged particles. Sorry, I was I actually had this up. Uh, it, but yeah, when when stuff like electrons, which would be excited by presumably the yeah. radiation near the yeah. in the reactors. Yeah, and I should say when we're talking about radiation, we are in this sense. I'm very much talking about ionizing radiation and not like light, yeah. which is yeah. technically radiation, and infrared is radiation. 
UV is radiation, but it is ionizing, which I didn't actually know it was ionizing radiation until today, UV. which probably makes sense. Yeah. Is it? Like very low grade. Like, yeah. But it, it is ionizing. Uh, of course, because it gives you skin cancer. It would be UVC, yeah. I guess, specifically, like the really high, oh, the high frequency stuff. Because I'm, I've I just read UV. Letters. There is a video coming out this week on my channel about UV and the atmosphere. Oh, hey, oh, nice. Hey. You can find out more about that by listening to Simon's video rather than me, guess. So <laughs> that's great. Well, mine, mine's mostly about the Montreal Protocol, but there's a little bit of UV science in there. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> but the Aurora thing—that's that's that's awesome. really cool. That wasn't even what I had in mind, but I love that Aurora thing. So let's do it. So Infinity Ubercool, in Guiding Beam, she's putting massively charged particles. Sorry, Guiding Bolt, sorry. Massively charged particles that are then ionizing the air. And it's so dense, because that's the other thing with the Aurora is it's only visible because there's so much atmosphere that you're looking through at once. So it had to be- so dense. Insanely large amount of radiation. That's why she has her little, like, her power pack. And I did say it came from her little, like, central, power pack that cast did amazing art of everyone go look at the art of infinity i'm obsessed with it mm-hmm. um and she does have like a little um almost iron man style um what would i reactor no just well, if it was iron man it's the, it's the arc reactor it's, it's the arc reactor yeah. infinity is not actually an arc reactor it's not an arc reactor so. it's your heart it's what would be her heart Okay, I agree with someone in chat who just said RIP the rest of the party. Yeah, we are very well, radiated. Okay, yes. But what I was saying is maybe she's got like a little lead box inside her with all the radiate radioactive stuff so that no one gets hurt. Next episode. <laughs> like, it's I think my teeth are falling out. Oh god. Oh, no, this is not no. this is so bad. But if it's alpha like, particles, it doesn't get through skin. Although I need it to get through skin. I started this campaign people, with a full so no. head of hair. <laughs> Alpha particles will blast its way through, like it'll just oh, sort of destroy. Dear. Yeah. No, alpha alpha particles. Well, it won't they get can, They stop in a few a few bits of air. They they but just they, go oh, give up. But if if they're concentrated enough, right, it'll just it'll yeah. get to wherever it's going and then smash it to pieces, right? Oh, there's like, like a little really like reactive. there's little bubbles of lead, and then when they hit someone, they break and the alpha particles go ah. pocket radiation. Led. Okay, we're getting too complicated. Let's say there's a way that Infinity can safely store radiation, radioactive material inside her and blast it at people. It's so useful people. being a robot, everyone. I can use like yeah. whatever I want. Cause I'm like, Perfect there's a way in the future. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Dirty yeah. bullets. Yes, well, as somebody's saying in Twitch chat. Because that is a, yeah. a thing, it's isn't the it? Thing? Like you can what have a radiated oh, rounds, no. I believe. Oh, that's not. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, hang on. No, I'm thinking of depleted uranium rounds, which that's aren't different. actually radioactive. They are. Oh. They you, they use depleted uranium because it's insanely dense. That's why you use it for ammunition, like uh, because it just packs so much kinetic energy if it's traveling at the same velocity. Oh. Or something else. Isn't there like? Cool. I think I'm getting this off the Transformers, the original film, but like <laughs> when the plane which fires depleted uranium rounds like the a10 or whatever it is is, is sort of flying around it, it has a maximum thing at which it can fire because if it tried to fire any faster it would basically just knock itself out of the air because yes these the, are uh, so heavy. The, oh. the a10 the warthog yeah there's a great uh, what warthog. if comic by randall monroe about that there's like if you were to like ride just ignoring ammunition concerns like if you were just to ride the um the gun as like a human, like a broomstick, you could like jump mountains because <laughs> it just it just like and then you know sail at this huge velocity and, and never cool. land because you just go faster, faster, faster yeah. until <laughs> yeah. Just... 
Well, I think that, well, that's, that's a really, uh, I, I hope there's, we're going to have more of this in, in future episodes of basically taking a really specific D&D 5e mechanic and something that, that our characters can do, something that's happened, um, and coming yeah. up with some sort of sci-fi explanation for it. So that's justification. That's really yeah. I've got all so of the good. druid spells to get through. So I can change many. my spells every episode. So now, do we want to talk about how we're going to change the format going forwards? I think we're going to talk about that next week um, when we have a little bit more time. So next okay. week, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> is that right? Brutally cut down. No. I think we'll talk about that next week. So, um, well, what yeah. we well because we do have something to talk about uh, this week, which we have is a lot of things to talk about this week. Your upcoming uh, guest appearances on the Nature Check Marathon 50th anniversary, uh, 50th episode, sorry, marathon. What's what's going on with that? I'm not involved. Tell me what's happening. Um, Ali, do you want to go first? Because yours is oh, kind yeah. of relevant to our podcast. Like, look, it's like, I'm not happening. Oh, uh, what? Come on. Yeah, so I'm coming on to do a guest uh, one-shot. So this, um, this, this, uh, yes, this is Sunday the 17th? Sunday at a time. I don't know when it is. Yeah. Fuck, I should have looked that up. Um, <laughs> it's Eastern time. So, <laughs> Let me look up. I'll look up the times. You stall, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Yeah, stall, stall. Fuck, I have no <laughs> idea when this is. <laughs> what am I doing? Who has <laughs> already happened? <laughs> Okay, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Uh, yeah, you're doing uh, a one shot and it's set on Braxagantus. Yes, right? yeah, so I'm doing this one shot, but we're setting it in the world that everyone else here in this podcast is in, right? So it's not with the same characters, but it is in the same world. And the, if the consequences of that one shot will knock onto the world of Braxagantus, which you guys are playing in. Yeah, which is pretty and cool. Also, oh, the one shot that we did as the pilot for this was also in the same universe, right? Oh, baby, yeah. that's in the same universe. And we really, really messed up. We that made one. some bold that was decisions. Fucking awesome! I can't believe you guys that left it the way it was, but it's brilliant. It's oh. so good. Like there is a tin can full of like devious space worms just flying around somewhere. <laughs> this is the Ali Ali Jennings extended universe. It's like, yeah, um, you know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, your your one shot is obviously at five fifteen UK time on right. Nature Check Twitch. That seems wrong, but yes, I believe you. <laughs> uh, I let's you go with it. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. Even... Oh no, ours is at two p.m. UK. That's time. correct, Simon. It is. And what's Oops. yours? What are you doing? We, we are. are... <laughs> So I wonder if we should give away a little like teaser of what our characters are, Simon. No, 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 quite no, no. Honestly, but they have a backstory. But that is all we will do say. A, do they have a joint uh, a link uh, to backstory? Yes. You yeah. talk to each other and yeah, interesting. And interesting. Have- oh. people watch, people are not going to want to miss the two o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> you just, you just have to be there. It's, and there when is- you see me <laughs> and my character, I want you to know that Bates talked me into it. <gasps> That's a lie, and you know it. Yes, there, there might up? be costumes. I have never dressed yes. up to play a D and D character ever in my life, and I will be doing it for the first time on Sunday. And uh, we haven't gone. We're not playing standard humans. Let's just let's just say that. Yeah, and and the, the I think we're allowed to say the like one word one line summary of what the adventures. Enigma and Excessor. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? All it says, all they've released is a mystery adventure set in Excessor, the capital city of Alt. 
Alson, Alcon, in the in-canon world of the first watch show, who is another podcast who are taking part. Right. But um, okay. we have the okay, ability so... to bring chaos to yet another D&D podcast. And, and we, we don't have Charmony or Ali to uh, rein us in. Oh. Mummy and Daddy aren't they here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I say the name of my one? It's called, yeah. uh, it's, the mm. mis- it's also a mystery, the mystery of the Zavira City Snatcher. Ooh. <gasps> Where's okay. that? What's that? Where is it? I'm really going to struggle on our one because it's ex- Exessa, whereas it's it Excessor. looks like it's, no, it's Exessa. But it looks like it should be Exeter, but just with a sir <laughs> on the end. Exessa. I think it's Exessa. Oh, no, wait. Exessa. There's no S, is there? So maybe it is. I don't remember. But come come join the stream to find out. No, I went to uni at Exessa. Exessa? Anyway, yeah, if um, you can have like a psych- psychotic break and just start like imagining yourself in Exeter with all this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is on Sunday um, and we will be tweeting links to that and stuff. Um, and basically, yeah, that's all being hosted by our friends uh, Nature Check, who are basically yeah. another d d show by scientists in we case we'd nailed it. you we didn't like, have enough no. of them. We really thought we had the only one and then we started and we went, oh, hey there, hey there. Yeah, and <laughs> they're, 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 but they're great. They're best buddies now. They're our America um, friends. It's yes, great. they are. Um, so watch that on Sunday. Um, and then um, I think uh, we hinted at at the beginning that we don't have a, a normal episode next week. So you're going to have to wait two weeks for uh, D&D Adventures. Um, yeah. But basically next week, we're going to be doing chats and catch-ups, um, uh, maybe answering questions. Chat, if you have any questions, chuck us some Put questions. Put them in the Discord. Um, maybe do it really soon. But it would so be a great place. we do the record. Yeah, we're pre-recording it, so it won't be live. Um, but it will be a great place to come if you want to, um, if you haven't seen the episodes so far and want to jump in. Like I said, we're yeah. eight episodes in um to the story you don't need to have seen them if you come along next week and find out the the um listen to us ramble about them and we should say that we're we're, we're recapping the story but we're also going to briefly recap the science that we talked about it's all relevant when when it's been relevant to the plot basically yeah Yeah. super interlinked Mm -hmm. Um, so if you because if you watch that basically you can jump in the week after right when we're basically we're hanger knife edge yeah running on a panther this is a good place to start yeah, um, however, so. if you do want within the next two weeks to to rewatch or listen to every single episode we've got so far, they are all up on our YouTube channel and on various podcast platforms. We've got eight episodes of Dungeons and Dragons and Science. That's our ongoing D&D campaign. We've also got eight episodes of the D&D Brief. That's what we've been doing today. And that's the After this one goes science up. chapter. Huh? <laughs> After, After this well, one, this, up, one's, we'll this one <laughs> is not up yet unless you're listening to it. In which case it is up and we have the links to all of those and all of our socials on www.rpgeeksdnd.co.uk nope no it's just RP- the one place the one place it's because ah. no one had taken the url but they'd all taken the the social media handles so at rpgeeksdnd are our social media handles we're on tiktok we're on twitter we're on instagram we're anywhere else Probably YouTube. YouTube is yeah. YouTube, YouTube is yeah. um, So please, please we have please a Discord channel a on oh, on yeah. Simon's please, on Simon's please, Discord. Please. Yeah, if it gets out of hand, we'll have to create a new Discord just for it. <laughs> for the hand. time being, we're containing it's, it. Don't get it's out really of hand. not getting out of hand. <laughs> I'm not getting out. It's of the hand. small lead-lined box in the middle of my community Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of me and Charmaine talking to each other. Yeah, like, it's, it's 
There's a lot of that. Yeah. And Ali yeah. doesn't know how to work it, it so we can talk about him a lot. I've been on there. Sure. <laughs> he, he thought he was just typing in his username. It's just his one message was <laughs> Ali Jennings. <laughs> Ali Jennings? I did it like three times at least. And then there's a thing, which was my password, but it isn't anymore. So did you actually type your password? Oh, he had an Ed Balls moment. Ed Balls? Uh, Ed Balls. So I think we can wrap it up there unless there's anything else Mm. that we should shout out. I think think, that is everything. everything for this week. Well, so we'll be back live in two weeks here. Um, It's going to be so good. uh, Do not miss it. Yeah, well, I think that's probably good. Recap next week. And yes. we're gonna chat a lot about like our characters and fun stuff and a little bit secrets. behind the scenes maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good That'd place. Honestly, next week could be a really good place. If you've just walked in, next week is a fantastic place to jump in and get up to date and, and really if you have friends the story. who you want to watch, but they're like, oh, I don't have time to catch up on like all of those episodes of science and fun. <laughs> You'd be like, well, guess what? What a great time for you to want to join. Next week, there'll be a recap episode. That's what you should say exactly like that word for word piece. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. With that real like level of emotion, like as though you've yeah. really just helped them out. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm so Isn't glad it? that we had this chat. I mean <laughs> there's a really Wow. Th- I could, this is like a turning you. point of your life. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. okay. So thank you, <laughs> thank you for watching everybody. And uh we'll we'll end the recording for the podcast here. Thank you for watching or listening, and we will see you next week with a recap of everything thus far. So thanks very much for watching and Bye. Bye for now.